Happy Tuesday morning, everybody. We're back. Well, I'm back. Mo's not back. <laughs> she's, she's slacking off for another two weeks. What a loser. But in her place <laughs> is Hillary Berkey, uh, the... the uh, Fan favorite. Really, let's mm, be honest. People mm. listen in hopes that I'll be on the show. <laughs> let's just be real. And if they actually do that, I'm so sorry. I've got a few um, counselors that you can see (laughs) if if you'd like. Coming up on today's show, why failure is a gift, plus the latest news, random facts, and more. But first, today is July 16th, and we've got a few holidays to celebrate. What do we got? Well, first of all, National Guinea Pig Appreciation Day. (laughs) Not just Guinea Pig Day. But guinea pig appreciation, appreciation day. day. Like you, you need to understand. Appreciate are, <laughs> them guinea pigs. <laughs> these hardworking guinea pigs out here putting in the hours for your entertainment. Don't they just sleep most of the day? Is that not entertaining to you? You, well, married, a, I, you married a guy who sleeps most of the day. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> he took a, a two and a half hour nap once and was like, why didn't you wake me? <laughs> you were tired. You were sleeping. Just being a good wife. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) next is National Fresh Spinach Day. Mm. I prefer fresh spinach to cooked spinach. I prefer all kinds of spinach. I don't care if it's canned, frozen, fresh. Um, Any, I just, I like it. I can't do the the cooked wilted mush spinach. So Mm. good. I'll sometimes just cook it. Like, or even just from the can, I pop it in the microwave with some oh, butter and garlic oh, and just eat it. Gosh, oh. that's disgusting. So good. That is disgusting. Delicious. And World Snake Day today. Mm. So, I don't like snakes. They have uh, too, le- too, too few legs. Too few legs. <laughs> they have at least two too few legs. They, they, they don't have enough legs. <laughs> Thus, I don't like them. Would you it, prefer a snake with no legs or a snake with a hundred legs? Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> if you've got more than four legs, I don't like you. <laughs> but if you have less than two two legs. And you're an animal. And you're an animal. <laughs> not, not someone who's survived a horrific accident. Or just born without legs. Like, who knows? Like, there's lots of things that happen. There's but a mermaid like, baby that yeah. was born recently. Legs fused and flipped backwards. Either, <laughs> either way, if you are an animal or an insect or whatever, and you have less than two legs or more than four legs, just assume <laughs> that I don't like you. Unless you're a ladybug. I do like ladybugs. Yeah, they're all right. They're kind of pretty. Yeah, let me let me expound on that story. We we no. have a prayer service on Wednesdays. Oh Lord! And we have this older lady who brought up. Bless her heart. She is. Yeah. Sweet. Oh, and she is. And she, she has the and best she cares intentions. And she has the biggest heart. Yes. She brought up this mermaid baby, which uh, something she saw online and from I can't find. I couldn't find it as a news story happening now. I found several old things that have been shared as. Those, you know, stupid one prayer or one like equals one prayer things mm-hmm. on Facebook for years or whatever. But she saw it and, and said it was a new thing. And it was a baby whose legs were, or she was born with legs flipped backwards and they were kind of fused. Yes. So, it, was so like it, made one it, look like, it made it look like a, a flipper type looking thing. Mermaid tail. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I'm sure that person existed. I'm sure this was a real thing, whether it be now or then. Not trying to make fun of that situation. The problem was, is that everybody just kept saying mermaid baby over and over again. And the more it was said, the more ridiculous it sounded. Yes. And they were so intently playing, Lord, please help that little mermaid baby. And it sounded like she should be ending the prayer with get back to the ocean or something like that. <laughs> just Sub- stop. <laughs> stop calling her a mermaid baby. I'm sure she doesn't appreciate it. Uh, If you're a mermaid and you're listening, I understand that you have no legs. But I would just like you to know that on Snake Appreciation Day or World Snake Day, you're you're okay. I I will like you. We can be friends. Oh, gosh. Uh, Yeah. 
weird start to the show. If you love what we do here on the Backroom Morning Show or Backroom Radio as a whole, please consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash backrowradio. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash backrowradio. So have a long way to go to get to our uh, desired financial support goals by the end of the year. Uh, so go there, check it out, see the cool incentives that you get based on what you're willing to donate, and uh, help us out, man. That's all I got to say. It is Top List Tuesday. Top List. List. There's a T in there. Top List Tuesday. <laughs> Lord have mercy. And we have got one for y'all. Uh, let's see. This one is Seven Stabilizing Truths to Remember When We're Rejected. Oh, that happens for you all the time, Matt. Mm, thank you. You're welcome. Hey, I'm a good friend. I'm here for you. <laughs> Uh, let's see. It's taking a long time to load up. Uh, this comes from, I don't know. Why isn't it working? I don't know. I got it right here. Yeah. Well, we have the list, but I have the, the page, like the actual original page it came from. Obviously. There we go. That's what I thought. It comes from a a blog called Lies Young Women Believe, uh, which is based on a a book called uh, Lies Young Women Believe by uh, Nancy... Uh, Demos Wolgamuth. I I don't know how to pronounce it. And uh, Dana Gresh. uh, This post is from Lindsay Lee on this blog. Seven truths when you're rejected. Uh, While this is geared towards women, uh, I believe that it was it's pretty accurate for everybody. So let's dive in and see what we think of these lists. This list. Number one. Okay. Self pity is a decision that you don't have to make. Truth. Yes. That is a truth. Oh, I thought this was a game, like true or false. True, true. Or false. True. <laughs> true. <laughs> Final answer. Lock it in. Being rejected by uh, a friend or a uh, potential love interest or even... A, or a job. Or a job, yeah. Mm-hmm. That happened to me. You don't have to... Uh, Not rejected, but... Yeah. You don't have to linger over what would feel like a sucker punch to the gut. Mm-hmm. You can move on. Yep. It's okay to grieve a little while about it. A little uh, while. But yeah, but then pull your pull your boots on and get to work again. Pull yourself together. Number two, Jesus will never turn you away. Truth. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Psalm 2710, as you deal with the sting of rejection, soothe your heart with this truth. My father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. So they're saying in this, even if your whole family mm-hmm. abandons you. Yeah. Uh Jesus is still there for you. Yes, he is. Number three, anything that makes you need God is a blessing. This is yeah, an interesting one. Yeah, that is. I mean, it makes and it, sense. And it, it does kind of sense. tie into what we're going to talk about later with failure being a gift. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's it's uh, it's always good when our eyes get turned to God. And sometimes he has to use those sort of situations mm-hmm. to get our attention, too. So. Yeah. Uh, number four, accept the dare. Look at this rejection like a test. Your reaction will reveal what kind of character lurks under the surface. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 100%. I can look back at different times in my life and see how I would have reacted to a certain situation and know, you know, when I was walking closer with the Lord and when I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, number five. Don't stop loving or extending forgiveness and grace if you were wronged. Yeah. I think this, yeah, I think this is a trap that we fall into really easily. Of we get hurt and we take that bitterness out on other people. Yeah, we feel like we can't trust others anymore. Perfect example. This morning I woke up and I turned to my husband and he looked at me and said, "If you ever cheat on me in a dream again, I'm not going to forgive you." <laughs> I was like, well, first of all. I forgive you for feeling hurt, but I didn't do anything. <laughs> That's funny. As I was leaving my house this morning, I can hear my two-year-old in his room asleep uh-huh. yelling, Stop it, Eli! Stop it, Eli! Words like, he says a lot. I'm like, I'm like, I'm wondering if he's waking up thinking that Eli was actually tormenting him in his dream. Yeah. Yeah. But... No, I, I think it's it's important to remember that like 
we wrong Jesus on a daily basis mm-hmm. and he never stops loving and extending forgiveness to us. Mm-hmm. And if we are supposed to be like him, we need to do the same thing. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, number six on this list, seven stabilizing truths to remember when you're rejected. Let yourself be humbled. Uh, sometimes we are rejected because of... Uh, we think we're too big for our britches. Yeah, of, of valid reasons that yeah. we're not willing to uh, talk about. Mm-hmm. But uh, life isn't about me or you. It's about... Uh, Jesus and his plan for us. What are you looking at? There is a book on this bookshelf that's I Kissed Dating Goodbye. Yeah. You don't remember that book? No, I read it. Oh, okay. The author I mean, has completely denounced it. Yeah. yeah. But here, here's the <laughs> Many thing. Many years later. Totally off subject. I read that and was like, heck yeah. But here's the thing. Before I met my husband, I had never been on a date. Nobody wanted to date me. So it's like, you can't kiss something goodbye you when you never had. even even tried. <laughs> so, yeah. But John, but John really wanted to date you. I think he made up for all the lack of interest from other men. Yeah. I, <laughs> he, he is totally convinced that like I was oblivious to all these other like male suitors that wanted my attention. And I'm like, you're dumb. That uh, never happened. I mean, you're, you are pretty oblivious. Ouch. To a lot of things. Well, okay. Maybe you're right. I don't know. A lot of the, you're oblivious to the way a lot of people feel about you. Now, most people feel very negatively about you. But, you know, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven. Uh, freely you have received, freely give. Uh, Let me read what they actually have to say about this one uh, from the blog itself. It says, have you ever thought about uh, how you can't out-love God? Your care for others may bypass their care for you, but God's care will always bypass yours. Always. The creator of all has set his eternal affection on you and filled you with his Holy Spirit. No matter how deeply you've been rejected, you can still have more love at the ready to dispense to others. That's good. Yeah. Put that, like that on a on a on a piece of paper and frame it. <laughs> so if you want to read that whole blog, uh, there's there's a lot more to it underneath each one of those uh, points. You can again go to liesyoungwomenbelieve.com. The article is titled Seven Truths When You're Rejected" by Lindsay Lee. Uh, really good list. Really good top list. Uh, let's see here. Got a bit of news for you. Sky Howard and Clay Cameron. Planned to tie the knot on New Year's Eve in 2020, but the couple had no problem putting on an extra special mock ceremony months earlier for Cameron's 100-year-old grandmother. Yeah. So, like, in a year and a half. Yeah. Okay. Can I finish the story? Several months earlier. It's like a year and a half earlier. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, Matt. You don't make sense, but I'll offer, freely offer whatever forgiveness understanding i'll be humbled go (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know where i stop now but the couple had no problem putting on an extra special mock ceremony months earlier for cameron's 100 year old grandmother charlotte buzzard Uh, buzzard born in november 1918 was able to see Cameron Mary on May 29th in an unofficial ceremony in her room at Hemphill County Hospital in Canadian, Texas, the couple told Good Morning America. She's the matriarch of that family, Howard told GMA. Her health declined pretty rapidly and she was put in hospice. That worried us and we didn't want her to miss that moment. Aw, that that's nice? really sweet. Yeah. So wait, they're not getting married for another year and a half? A year and a half. That's stupid. Why are you going to be engaged that long? Just... <laughs> Jeez Just Louise. make that one the real one. Yeah. <laughs> Be married. John and I were engaged for four months, and that was even a little too long. I was just, I just was really. <laughs> the ex- proposal was just like, "Hey, I have a wedding set up down the block." You know what? That's a thing, though. I know. Surprise weddings. Where it's That's like, a terrible thing. <laughs> oh man. But here's that, like, you know, it was great. And everything. I was just really excited for John to start paying my rent. <laughs> I come with a lot of bills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. True story. Coming up later in the show, we talk about failure and why it's not such a bad thing in the long run. And when we come back, we catch up with our friend Hillary. Yeah, you will.
Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show here on Back Row Radio. Me and Hillary Berkey in the studio today as Mo is still taking a couple more weeks off for other various things that I'm sure she'll inform us of when she gets back. What a loser. <laughs> we still love her, but what a loser. Uh, as we continue on, we got five random facts. And uh, Hillary, you get to take the lead on that. Yeah, okay, well, first of all, I'm not wearing my glasses, so... So, put them real close to your face. That's not the thing. Oh, they gotta be farther away. Yeah. Stretch your arm out really far. Shut up, Matt! <laughs> I try to read these five random facts. Do I have to read Uber facts each time? No, I'm you not don't. Going to. Okay. <laughs> to increase sales, some clothing stores use mirrors that make you look 10 pounds thinner. How can I get one of those mirrors in my house? <laughs> You just kind of get a mirror and slightly bend it inward. So as long as you can. And now how can I make sure everyone sees me that way? Just bend everybody's eyeball. We had a a mirror that wasn't in a frame when I was a kid. My brother had it in his room. Yeah. I don't know where it came from. It must have come from a broken thing in the bathroom or something. There was no frame, so it would like bend. And it was one of those full length mirrors. Mm -hmm. So it would bend. And so I went in there one day when I was like 10. And I'm playing with it, like bending it. I'm like, oh, I'm making myself short and fat and tall and skinny, short and fat. And then it burst, just shattered into a thousand tiny pieces. Mm-hmm. And I had this tiny little shard of glass stuck in my chest for months. They had to like go in, numb that whole area and like dig it out. Ew. And I was like watching it happen, but I couldn't feel it. Do you feel like Tony Stark? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> like that, I had that thought when I first saw that movie. I'm like, can he not feel it? Like when she's digging in there to get the thing out. Uh, <laughs> all the goop is like yeah. on her. Oh, gross. Oh, Sorry, sidetrack. Move on. All right. Next one. 40% of people between the ages of 18 and 24 do not use deodorant. Have not used deodorant within the past month. According to a study. Yeah, we talked about that on the show uh, last time we were here. That's disgusting. Here's the thing. <laughs> I put on deodorant. I don't really sweat. I really don't. But I put it on. That's a courtesy. Like a just in case. <laughs> this is what humans do. Every once in a while, I'll turn to John and I'll be like, do you put on deodorant? And he'll go, no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I put it on. I can tell. Two or three times a day. I put it on right before bed, right when I get up, and sometimes I have a refresher in the middle. Because I'm damp all the time. Just like John I mean, Mulaney. But here, here's the thing. Weird fact. I really like the way John's body odor smells. That's disgusting. It, it doesn't smell bad to me. You are so like, nuts. I don't really mind if he doesn't wear deodorant, because I like it. Other people probably don't, so I think he should just wear it as a courtesy to others, <laughs> not me. Not use some kind of crystal. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah that's beside the point. All right, um, about 16.4 million Americans believe chocolate comes from brown cows. What? Chocolate milk. Can you read chocolate the whole milk. thing? Chocolate milk. No. <laughs> Sorry. Let's etch a sketch the last You do this at CR, by the way. You do this on Thursday. Every uh, time you I read, add a letter, you skip add, words. Add, whatever. <laughs> It works, doesn't it? People know what I'm talking about. About 16.4 million Americans believe chocolate milk comes from brown cows. <laughs> Golly. Yep. Really? You have two more. That's a lot of people <laughs> that believe that they're... How is it like... What about strawberry milk? Do they come from pink cows? Answer me this, America. That's silly. There's no pink cows. I know. <laughs> You're not being rational here. You're, they're not being rational. You feed the cow chocolate syrup. No. And that's you where sh- the chocolate milk And then you shake milk it comes. or what? <laughs> Another one. Selfie yeah. sticks are banned in all Disney theme parks. Good for you, Disney. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody need to see you using a dumb <laughs> selfie stick. If you have one and you like it, hey. Good for you for liking things that you like. But I think they're the dumbest thing ever. And last, but certainly not least, in 2014, one of the U.S.'s most wanted cyber criminals, Jeremy Hammond, was hacked by the FBI. His password was his cat's name, plus one, two, three. <laughs> really? You are hacking. You are a cyber criminal. And your password is pickles123. Really? 
you obviously not that smart. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it has been a uh, few months, a couple months at least, since mm. we've last heard from Hillary. Wow. So, uh, what has life been throwing your way lately, Mo? All right, Mo. Called you Mo. I'm I used you to Mo being here. My friend. My friend. <laughs> Mo friend. How you doing there? Well, let's see. So, I work for the schools. And um, so, I've had the last, like, month and two weeks off, which most people would think, think is great. But here's the thing. I am bored. <laughs> I have read... Like over 25 books at this point. It's been ridiculous. New book every time I see you multiple times a week. Yes. Often the next day. Yes. So if you have a job, (laughs) if you need need me to babysit your kid, or you need me to go to Walmart for you, or go to the gym for you, or heck, I don't even know, you want me to come to your house and eat your food, get me out of my house, please, (laughs) for my own mental health. I have got to do something. There's 30 days until school starts. 20, whatever. There's a lot of days until I have to be back at work. And I I need to do something. (laughs) Other than that, things are great. My mom visited this weekend. It was great. Um, I'm drinking coffee. I don't have any more money to spend on books. I'm about to go to Louisiana. Like, things are great. Except for the no money for books part. But, uh, you know... I get, I don't, I just. I mean, I feel like you have so many at this point, you could just cycle through them again. I really don't. (laughs) I really do not. You know, there are also things like libraries. That's garbage. Let me tell you my issue with libraries. I can't go out and check a book, read it, love it, and then I have to give it back. No. Well, if you. No. Then I have to read it again. That's a lie. Well, then read the ones the, you have. The, the series I, or the trilogy I just read, I've read once before. Okay. And I'm not going to check it out again. Right. That's I was, stupid. You, you could just go check it out again. What's no. What if, somebody, what if somebody has the second one right after I finish the first one, and I have to wait three and a half weeks for them to finish it? And what if they don't return it? Then I'm out of luck. This is... Go- no. No, no, no. <laughs> Here's the thing, America. Or whatever. Back row. Podcast. It, it, Radio. it is America. America. <laughs> also the UK and Canada. Oh, UK and Canada. Anybody. If you'd like to donate money to the Hillary Needs Books Fund. <laughs> instead go to patreon.com slash back row radio. Instead of doing that, go to patreon.com. <laughs> Matt would gladly take your money instead of me. Yeah, that's probably a better idea. So uh, last Sunday, your husband, John, got to preach... Yes. A mini sermon. He did. Uh, our pastor is is gone for a couple weeks, and in leading up to this, he had the idea of letting the the men on staff each give like a 15-minute message. Mm-hmm. Uh, part sermon, part, um, you know, tying into what you do as a minister, as a minister here at the church, part testimony, all no, kind of mixed no up. No part testimony. Little part testimony. There was no testimony. Well, he didn't. But everybody else is a little bit. Didn't. (laughs) You can be wrong multiple times, Matt. It's okay. Yeah, whatever. Um, But uh, yeah, John and Brandon, which is one of our youth leaders, got to give their their message last week. And it was great. Yeah. They both did a really good job. John did fantastic. Yeah, he did. I was surprised at how well he did. Like, I knew he was going to do good, but uh, he did a lot better than I thought, even. Here's the thing. John, you say that a lot. <laughs> you said, here's the thing about 15 times in this show so far. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> he's really good at everything he does. If he's going to do something, he's going to be the best at it. Um, that's just who he is. So when I heard that he was going to be doing this, part of me was a little scared. Because I know that he likes to put forth his best self when he does stuff. Mm -hmm. I knew he was going to do a good job because he loves talking about, you know, worship and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I had no idea how well he was going to do. And I was, I was blown away. Yeah. I was very proud. You did very good. Very proud. So if you want to hire. It didn't feel like, (laughs) it didn't feel like his first one. No, it didn't. It was, he did a really good job. And Brandon did a really good job of talking about, you know, where we're going to reach the youth and, 
it, it was just a really good weekend. Mm-hmm. It was. So now we're coming up on the second one with our other youth leader, mm-hmm. Tyler, and me. Yeah. Matt's going to not do a good job. But that's okay. We're, we've come to expect that from Well, him. look. I mean. <laughs> if well, here's talking, the thing. If we're talking about, like, you know, it's supposed to be a staff thing, right? And so, you know, I'm the Celebrate Recovery leader, but that's not my staff position. I don't get paid for that. No. My staff position is janitor. media director and yeah. janitor. And I'm like, it's really yeah. easy to tie in youth leader and worship leader into a sermon. Yeah. Tying in toilet cleaner and slide preparer, not so much. So, so I'm excited to see where you take yeah, this, Matt. It's going to be good. Cleaning toilets for the Lord. <laughs> what here? And I will say this about toilet cleaning. You almost said, "Here's the thing again." <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> In 2015, I worked for Fuge Camps at Glorietta here in New Mexico. And I loved it. I did a, I personally believe that I did a great job as a Bible study leader, reaching kids. And I thought, this is where I'm at. This is where I need to be in order to reach kids. And then after camp ended, I didn't have a job. I didn't really know what to do. So I stayed on Glorietta staff. And Glorietta staff, like, prepares the meals, cleans the toilets, changes the trash bags in all of the rooms. I got more out of that three weeks, like personally with my relationship with Jesus, than I did as a Bible study leader being up front and people being like, yeah, you're doing great things. So I think it is a very thankless job. But if, you know, like school janitors and church janitors didn't do the things that they did, Church wouldn't really be able to be run the way it is. Yeah, no, I agree. You know what I mean? I'm not saying. So it's I think not, you can do it. I'm not now. saying it's not a vital role. It is. I'm just saying there's no Bible <laughs> verse that's like. Well, I don't know. You can use the one about cleaning feet. Eh, I don't want to clean nobody's feet. That's no. not part of my job description. <laughs> I heard, I read on Insta- Instagram, Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> and it was like. One of those threads that was like, if you knew you were going to, what would you do if you knew you were going to die tomorrow? And somebody responded with, Jesus knew and he washed feet. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. I saw that too. Dang. Yeah. Like, I'd have been like, Disney World, (laughs) Harry Potter Land. (laughs) And Jesus is over here like, yeah, let me clean it. Like, that puts into perspective, like. Where I'm at and where he's at. Matt, personal update. How are you doing? Oh, was that your personal update? That was my personal update. Side note as a janitor. In the, it's been about a year and a half that I've had this job. And in that time, I can, I can say at least in our church, the women are far more disgusting than the men. Amen. I have, I have never walked into a men's room. And found poop spread on the floor, okay. the walls. I don't do that. All around. That I happens. have walked in three times into the women's bathroom now to find that. That's gross. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like once it's in there, like leave it in the toilet. And I no, I I don't think they made it to the toilet. Is what I'm saying. Oh, and ooh. so obviously these are children, but perhaps. Someone's got to know. Someone has to see it. Nobody says anything. You know, it's not. It can't be the case that they were always the last person in the bathroom. No, there's no way. There's no way. Statistically, it's and unlikely. everybody knows I'm the janitor. Yeah. Tell me, so I can clean it up before other people go in, instead of waiting two days for when I come into the big janitor cleanup day. And find it all dried and gross there. Oh, gross. <clears throat> yeah, it's been bad. You poor thing. There was, there was one day where, like, the church was still clean. It was fantastic. Like, I barely had to do anything. I emptied out a couple trash cans. And, like, my normal, like, four-hour cleaning job took less than an hour. And then I get to, the, like, the last spot, which is this last bathroom in the back hallway there. Oh, Lord. And the woman's bathroom. And it's just everywhere it's like it's like a kid came and sat too high on the toilet no and so it's going through the little oh the back part. <laughs> that part gross 
Yeah. It was awful. Back row that radio. Added, that added another hour and a half. Talking about <laughs> back door radio. Yeah. Okay, moving on. The richest man in Hong Kong has pledged to pay the full tuition of every incoming college student who will be attending Shantou University. According to the statement from his foundation, Li Keqing will be paying roughly $14 million every year for the next four to five years in order to cover the full cost of every undergraduate's tuition. 90-year-old Shing, who Forbes says is worth over $30.4 billion, has also been sustaining the university's development through several multi-million dollar grants. That's so awesome. So this is like Scott's Tots from The Office. Yeah, but actually But someone happened. actually yeah. doing it. <laughs> hey, Mrs. Scott, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? <laughs> That's one of the most cringeworthy episodes. You know there's like a whole whole group of people that are so against that episode that they like have a group about skipping it. Really? Like that that's the only thing. Is they'll watch the whole nine seasons, they always skip Scott's Tots, and that's the only episode they'll skip. Because it's so painful. It it's is, so painful but to watch. That's who he is. <laughs> but here's the thing. I think you can learn here's something. The thing. Shut up, Matt. That's my catchphrase. <laughs> I think you can learn a lot from that episode. Like, if you believe in kids or you believe in somebody enough to where you promise them something and then it happens, like, make sure that you can follow through. Yeah. Like, be a person of your word. Um, And don't write, like, four separate checks and make sure that just, you know, I... He had... Call call me before you cash these because I got money. He had the right heart. Just not the right bank account. <laughs> Poor job. Anyway, good job, uh, Mr. Shing. That's a cool thing. For real. Because universities are expansive. Amen. $14 million every year for the next four to five years to cover the full cost. Wow. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of moolah. A lot of the green. When we come back, failure, an underrated gift from God. But first, it's time for Love Thy Nerds Critical Hit. Take it away, Hector. Hey, everyone. This is the Love Thy Nerd Critical Hit. I'm Hector Mirai with Faith and Fandom, and I just wanted to share a quick thought with you. So I'm a fan of toys. Have been my whole life. From having a toy box filled with action figures of He-Man and Ninja Turtles, to now as an adult, where I have an action figure collection on a fancy shelf, and I honestly don't want to know how much I've spent on it. I've enjoyed toys my whole life. We're a culture that enjoys toys. This past weekend, Toy Story 4 and Child's Play both premiered on the same day, capitalizing on our nostalgia for the things past and the fact that we still love toys even now. And the whole time I've loved toys in my life, I've had people telling me I needed to stop because it's childish and I need to grow up. And one of the things, especially growing up in church culture, was hearing people quote 1 Corinthians 13, 11 to me. Of when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. And so they would flex on me biblically to tell me, stop having action figures or, you know, enjoying these things that you used to enjoy in your past. But maybe putting away childish things isn't about the things we play with and the things we entertain ourselves with. Maybe putting away childish things is about putting away concepts like we know everything or that we don't need to listen to other people's thoughts and opinions or going into tantrums anytime someone disagrees with us. Because to me, those characteristics often seem a lot more childish than playing Pokemon Go or having toys or an action figure collection. Maybe we're looking at the wrong idea of childishness. Because to me, when Jesus tells us in Matthew 18, 3, that we need to come to him with childlike faith, and unless we have that faith like a child has, that we're not going to get very far in our relationship with him, that tells me that it's a lot bigger than just what we entertain ourselves with and what we enjoy. I think it's a bigger deal about how we respond in our hearts to Christ and the world around us. I want you to know that Love Thy Nerd exists to love and serve our nerdy neighbors 
through thoughtful content, relational outreach, and intentional community. Check out our website at lovethynerd.com, our thriving Facebook community where you can interact on a daily basis. We have several podcasts, one of which I host, and we're active on all the socials. You can also check me and my book series out over at Faith and Fandom on Facebook. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show here on Back Row Radio. Matt and Hillary Berkey in the studio with you today. Yep, yep. And uh, it's our third hour. Our third hour, we usually like to tackle a bigger topic, um, take a little bit more time to discuss it. And today we are talking about failure. Specifically, we're talking about that uh, the idea that failure is a gift. It's something that you should almost be grateful for. True. Uh, and we have actually a list. It's based off of a list right now from allprodad.com, which is called The Four Most Important Lessons Only Failure Can Teach You. Uh, so we have this uh, small little top list here of those uh, four reasons, and we're going to go over them and kind of discuss them at length. But um, leading up to this is, uh, you know, I told you in the last hour that I'm giving a message yes. uh, at my church this uh, coming Sunday, and this is part of what I'll be talking about um, in the third point that I'm making. Um, it comes from, I guess you get to get a little preview. Woo-hoo. It comes from, or my, my, yeah, my message is, is uh, coming from a, a couple of verses in Psalm 68. Uh, and I'm pulling my three points out of that verse, but the last point is actually kind of depressing sounding. Uh, it's that God uh, makes the rebellious live in dry deserts or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I said, well, it sounds depressing until you realize who he's talking about and what he's talking about in that, in that context. Mm-hmm. And David goes on to actually talk about the Israelites. So these are God's chosen people that he's talking about. He's talking about God's actual followers and believers yeah not you know not sinners out there you know apart from god mm-hmm. he's talking about those of us who know the truth and and still choose to make our own mistakes anyway right and not follow what he said he puts you in the dry deserts and what happens all those times whenever god's people are put into exile is that they realize that they need god and they come back to him yeah um so it's a good place to be right it's, if it's, you've got to be there yeah if you have to be there it means that god is still actually active in your life in trying to get your attention uh so let's move on to this list and uh we'll kind of talk about that a little bit too as we go on so number one uh important lesson only failure can teach you focus on what's really important uh, we, we tend to fail in tasks or ministries or other things like that because we put too much on our plate at once. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know there's a lot of you out there that are like this, especially in churches. You know, we have that whole idea of 10% of the people do 90% of the work in churches mm-hmm. because a lot of the volunteers, there's only so many. Right that are actually willing to get involved and volunteer. And so there's way more volunteer jobs than there are volunteers. That means people are doubling, tripling, quadrupling up on tasks. Now, sometimes that's okay. Sometimes they're, they're uh, things that don't last very long, like VBS. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's mostly a commitment for a week, a little bit extra stuff for, you know, the month leading up to it or so. Right, exactly. But it, yeah. it's, it's not going to break you for the whole year. Correct. But then there are things like Celebrate Recovery, you know, which we've talked about. That's an ongoing thing each and every week that, you know, never lessens up, never lightens. Uh, doesn't get any, you know, bigger, but, you know, it's still a, it's a job pretty much that you've signed up for. Yeah. <clears throat> so if someone else were to, 
I mean, that's that's basically why I have to make sure that I don't overload myself because I know that yeah. I have this constant uh, list of things I have to do every week. Yeah. So to add things like VBS or whatever to it, even if those are temporary things, that will cause me to peter out on you know the other things that I need to do, the other things mm-hmm. that I have already committed to do. And so, you want to give 100% yeah, to absolutely. yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think... Number one, focus on what's really important. When I first started going to college in 2011, I had this big plan. I was going to um, do my prerequisites. I was going to do culinary school. And I was going to open a restaurant. And I was okay with that. It wasn't what God wanted for me. And I knew that. But it was... It was going to be easy. Yeah. And what happened was I failed out. Um, I just, I ended up stopped going to classes. I wasn't doing my homework and I failed out of college. And, And that's a big failure, I feel. But in 2017, so six years later, I realized, hey, let me get off my bum and do what God actually wants me to do. And focus on what's important, and that's going to school, one class or two classes at a time, and that. So when I failed out of college, for me, what I needed to focus on was Jesus. So he could reveal himself to me and what he wanted me to do. So that failure was good. Yeah. Because it, it got me out of doing something that wasn't God's will and and put my focus back on him. And so, Yeah, and sometimes that happens with... Uh... Not, you know, not only school stuff or job related stuff, but like relationships, mm-hmm. you know, boyfriends, mm-hmm. girlfriends that we have, or whatever. If we're putting too much focus on, you know, trying to find the one or whatever, we lose sight of Jesus. That's true. And then on the flip side of that, when we are married, if we get too bogged down in ministry work or our own jobs or anything like that, and we start to ignore, you know, growing our families, raising our children and stuff like that, then we start losing focus of what God has entrusted us with there mm-hmm. in our families. Yeah. So it's it's really important to not overload yourself to the point where something in your life or someone in your life is suffering. Right. Because exactly. of it. Uh, including yourself. <laughs> you don't want to be a miserable, suffering person either. <laughs> so. Take it from me. That's true. <laughs> All right, number two on this list of the four most important things only failure can teach you. Consequences help us make future choices. Yeah. So, yeah, this is what part of what I was talking about um, with my, my lesson going forward. And, and what we learn a lot in Celebrate Recovery, too, is that, you know, these, these, these consequences are an opportunity to learn and make better choices in the future. Um, you know, with, with CR and, you know, all 12-step groups, you know, we do the chip system, you know, which rec- records, you know, how many days or months or, whatever, or years or whatever that you've been sober. Mm-hmm. And we have the blue chip, which is like the, the, the day one chip. You know, it's the I'm starting or starting over chip. I like to call it the get out of jail free card. Get out of jail free card. <laughs> Uh, but the way we present it is, you know, it, it's it's for three different types of people. It's for the people that are just starting the program and are are wanting to commit to doing this. Yeah. It's for people that have identified a new area in their life that they want to surrender to God. And so they're going to start over on this new area. Or there are people that have been on this road, have been collecting chips, but have relapsed. Mm-hmm. And so their day count has gone back to zero. But that doesn't mean that their recovery process is going back to zero. It right. just means that they've learned... Uh, a lesson here and they're going to continue on and continue to work and they're not giving up. Right. And that's something that we do want to celebrate. Um, but the whole point is, is that when we do fail, when we do relapse, we're supposed to identify how that happened. You know, we're supposed to look at the situation, see how we got ourselves in that mess to begin with. Yeah. That gave us the opportunity to relapse. And then try to learn from that. Put pe- put blockers in place. Put uh, people mm-hmm. in our way of making that same mistake or being put in that same position. Uh, identify how that happened and avoid it in the future. Yeah. And so if you're not thinking in that mode, if you're not thinking about, okay, learn from this, grow, and move on, then you're just setting yourself up for failure again. Mm-hmm. For falling back on that same thing. So we, we have to look at failure uh, and, you know, again, not just with recovery issues, but in all cases, 
as an opportunity to uh, set a plan in place to not make that same mistake again. Exactly. Right. Like if you are a middle school boy and you have not worn deodorant (laughs) for four days, hey, it's okay. Just put it on today. And then put it on tomorrow. I mean, mean you have to commit your life to a deodorantless existence. Yeah. An odorant existence. An an odorous existence. Um, I really like the saying that's like, you know, you are free to make choices, whatever choices you want to make. Mm -hmm. You are not free from the consequence of your choice. But that can be good and bad. Like a good consequence of doing a daily time with God is you get closer to God. And you, you learn to discern his voice over all others. That's a great, I wouldn't really necessarily call it a consequence, but that is something that you get from that choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you, you know, I don't know, post a picture on Instagram and say, roast me, you're going <laughs> to you're gonna get roasted. And That was a big trend for a while. It really was. <laughs> and, you know. Oh, man. But the thing is, Jesus will always look past our failures Mm -hmm. and he will always say like, you know what? Here's the thing. (laughs) Here's the thing. I love you and I want to make you better because we can't make ourselves better. Right. Jesus can make us better. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Number three on the list of four most important lessons. Only failure can teach her. Failure provides self-awareness. True. Uh. When we fail, when it's som- not an if, yeah, sometimes it's because this just isn't our thing. <laughs> I have, I have yeah. a friend, I have a few friends that you do. If they, thank you, yes, I have a few <laughs> friends that if they were given the opportunity, like like we are this, as the staff to to get up and speak and give a message uh-huh. uh, in front of people, it wouldn't go well. They would go very poorly because they are not great at public speaking. They're not great at talking in front of people. And they're definitely not great at sticking to their, you know. Notes. Their notes and not going off on weird tangents that would turn a 15-minute presentation into a 45-minute presentation. (laughs) I'm going to throw one of my buddies under the bus. And uh, I have a friend whose name is Dakota. And he's a great speaker. He is. But he is like that. He will veer off and just talk for far longer than he meant to. He he was doing a presentation in a class that uh it was about it was about the problems with the different levels of the evolution chart, like all the oh, yeah, all the yeah, figures yeah. or whatever is that that every single one of them has several problems that mean it shouldn't be included on this chart. Right. And he had this presentation set. He was supposed to talk for 10 minutes. He invited me to come to this hour-long class. And there were going to be uh, five people talking for 10 minutes. And this was the last class of the entire year. And these five people needed to talk. He was first. He talked the entire class. The teacher decided to not stop him. And everybody in the class, especially the four that still needed to talk, were getting more and more upset and angry. And he couldn't. Dad couldn't pick up on it, <laughs> and he didn't stop. He just kept this is going. two failures: failure to <laughs> read the room. And I was so uncomfortable because I'm sitting in the very back, so I'm watching him and I'm watching everybody else's reactions. They're just kind of getting and irritated getting, in their seats. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. This, how long oh, can man. this go on? <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if he didn't like practice it beforehand and time himself, or if. He did, and then he just kept expanding and expanding on what he was initially going to say. But, yeah, I would hate to have him in the situation where, hey, come give a 15-minute message on a Sunday. And and we're like, well, it's been an hour and a half you've been talking. (laughs) So when we need one of those guys to open the side stage door and, like... With a hook. With a hook, just pull him off stage. Now, that being said, it was a great presentation. Uh, very well researched. Did everyone else fail because he talked to? No, much? the 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 teacher just gave the other four uh, an A for their presentations. I guess maybe they read the presentations before. I don't know, but yeah. Who knows? Well, lo- just... those guys, <laughs> lucky. 
But you got to be self-aware of your your limitations. Uh, you're not going to be great at everything. And sometimes you just got to take that at face value. Yeah. Or it's going to be a, a reminder that you have a little ways to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you can't do it. nothing wrong with progress. Right. It just means you need to work at it a little more. All right. Uh, lastly, the last important lesson that only failure can teach you is that time is precious. Yes. Like like the precious from The Lord of the Rings. The little oh, ring. I thought you were going to say like precious from the movie Precious, but <laughs> <laughs> adapted by the novel Push by Sapphire. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean, here's the thing. Something that I'm having to learn. Like, I'm facing the consequences of my actions from my previous college experience. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm 28 and I'm working on my bachelor's, which there's nothing wrong with. So if you are older than me and you're still working on your associates, like, good on you. You're doing something. Like, that's great. But I'm learning that in my time in college, like, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to mess up and that's fine. But I, instead of focusing on where I could be had I not messed up, Mm-hmm. I need to focus on where I am because this is where God wants me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because a few cla- a few semesters ago, I kept thinking, gosh, if only I had started college in 2012, I'd be done by now. I'd be teaching. I'd be this, that, whatever. But then I'm thinking, well, but I also wouldn't have had the experiences that I've had in my job because I wouldn't have had that job. I would have had a different job. Um, and so I think focus on the time that God has you in now and focus on what good is going on and it and it could be the good because of the bad because of all the failures i had an an exceptional job as a secretary because i didn't finish college and i loved my job and i learned so much and i would not have learned all of that had i not failed yeah yeah uh and i can see that perspective from this the other perspective from this is that you know time is is a commodity Mm -hmm. that you only have so much of um, one of the examples that it gives here in this article is that uh, this person had a, a five-year relationship in his 20s with someone that wound up not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's a long time to be with someone that is. for that to not be the person that you're going to be with. Yeah. And he says, you know, I wish I could have those years back, but I can't. And that's one of my biggest regrets is that he basically lost five years of his, of his life that he could have given to his spouse. Right. You know, or something. Uh, spent time growing himself or anything of that nature. Uh, our time is is precious in that failure brings that to light really quickly. It, it does. It, it really does. <clears throat> if, uh, if we're going down a path that we aren't sure of or we know that God doesn't have us on and then we wind up failing, all that time that we put into that was a waste. Mm-hmm. When, you know, when we know that God has a has a, a plan for us, but we're putting our own plans ahead of that. What you know, I'm not. It's not that God can't still use that. It's not that God still can't grow you from that, because mm-hmm. uh, of course He can. All you know, He works all things for good that we that we hand to Him. But you know, if you know that this is where you're going to end up, because this is where God's calling you, and you're just running from that, you're just wasting time. Yeah. Yeah, when you could be doing the work God has for you. And I will say this, if you don't mind, about the whole relationship dealing. Go for it. When I was 16, I had this plan. Now, obviously, it wasn't God's plan because I'm 28. And I was going to be married by 21, have my first kid by 24, be done by 29. Like, that was the plan. And I'm 28, and John and I don't have any kids. And it has been something that has been really hard on me because I had this plan. Yeah. But John put it into perspective and he said, if you wanted to be married by 21, we didn't know each other. We wouldn't we wouldn't have been together because we wouldn't have met. Um, he was still in a relationship with somebody else. So had it gone my way, I wouldn't have the beautiful life that I have now. You know, I wouldn't. I could have been struggling a completely different way instead of just struggling to understand why I'm still in college at 28 and, and all these other things. Right. I have this beautiful life that I'm getting to 
to develop and grow with my husband in, you know, in ministry, in CR, all this stuff. And that time, you know, when I was 21, 22, 23, I do look back on it and I'm appreciative of that time because I did do great things. I worked summer camps. I was heavily involved in youth ministry. I did great things and I grew and I learned. But that couldn't have happened if Hillary's plans happened instead of God's plans happening. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So... You know, time, time is precious. And I think instead of, I told John the other day, I said, instead of looking at all the things we don't have, I want to focus on what we do have. Yeah. And I want to focus on the time that we've been given instead of keeping on looking forward to the future. Right. I yeah. just don't want to do that. Yeah, I want to make sure that. When, we, when we, we aren't living in that moment. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, we're no. not. I want to make sure that when we are 35, I don't look back and go. I was, I was waiting for this and I don't remember anything, Right. what we did because I was so focused on what could be or what should be. Mm-hmm. I want to remember now. I want to remember my friend Matt throwing hot dogs at me <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. you know, other food items. That's true. We had a hot dog fight. We had a few hot dogs left over. The, here's the thing. It wasn't a hot dog fight. He assaulted me. By throwing a hot dog at my face. I told you it was going to happen, though. You knew it was coming. First of all, <laughs> here's the thing. No, I didn't. Here's the thing. The other day, <laughs> I threw a wet wipe. It was like from Pizza Hut. You know, the Wing Street. They give you those little yeah, yeah. moist towelettes. I threw that wet wipe at you from behind, and it slapped you on the back of the neck perfectly. It went, and I was so satisfied in that moment that it made that nice little slap. And, yeah. And your husband's always, your husband always chastises both of us whenever we get too, too uh, violent with each other. It's all, really guys? Come on, guys. I don't remember you throwing really, that man? at me. You don't remember that? No. That was the last thing I threw at you. Oh. It was wasn't fun. food? I'm so No, it wasn't you. food. When was that? Uh, last time we had pizza at CR? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because they brought us like a. Giant bag full of cheese, peppers, and, and for some reason, wet, wet wipes. wipes. <laughs> we get really messy when we eat pizza. <laughs> anyway, that is our list. Uh, a weird way to end it. <laughs> Again, this is uh, this is actually adapted from a full article that you can go read. Uh, the article is the four most important lessons only failure can teach you uh, on allprodad.com. It doesn't say who actually wrote it. So I'm assuming it's just from the website. Like a collaborative. Yeah. Piece. Uh, but anyway, good article, good discussion. Uh, before we break out this hour, we've got a segment called Eleventh Commandments. When you join our Facebook group, Back Row Baptist Church, you're asked three questions. You're asked uh, if you're. Uh, I don't remember what the questions are. Uh, you're asked if you're aware that this is a joke group and that you're likely to get offended. Uh, Praise the Lord. If I'm not being offended, am I having fun? Anyway, the third question is to to test, basically, your humor quotient. Uh, And it's, if you you had the power to create an 11th commandment, what would it be? Ah. And so we pick the the best ones or the ones that are legit gripes that uh, would Mm. make good 11th commandments. And we've got a couple we're going to share today. Praise the Lord. All right. Kevin Crager Jr. says... If I said your name wrong, I really apologize. I hate when that happens. Anyway, thou shalt mind your own business and stop posting your personal issues on Facebook. Preach! Preach. (laughs) Actually, you know what? Post all you want. I'm not on Facebook. I don't care. That's why Hillary left Facebook. Pretty mind your business. Pretty much. (laughs) Amanda Renee Sapp posted thou shalt not drive in the fast lane when driving slower than the slow lane girl (laughs) amen if you are not going at least 10 miles over the speed limit in the fast lane get on over pop quiz oh no let's see how you remember your uh your driver's ed (laughs) is the fast lane a thing when you're inside city limits no good job no, it is not. And I don't think a lot of people know that. They don't. There's no such thing as a fast lane, slow lane difference in town. Yeah. It's all so one speed limit. It's all one speed limit. It's all one speed because people are turning 
both directions constantly. You just hurt yourself. Yeah, I did. So, uh, if this is your gripe and you're in town, get over yourself. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm tired of, thing. of being in the slow lane and having to get over to the fast lane to pass somebody going, just stop. Wait, being in the fast lane. No, yeah. I'm tired of being in the slow lane and getting over to pass somebody. Wait. So if I'm in the slow lane. <laughs> You're driving like normal. I'm driving like normal, but then I get in the fast lane and I'm going faster than the person that was in the fast lane. Does that make sense? No, I'm yes. very confused so by what you're I'm saying. So I'm driving <laughs> side by side with somebody, Okay. but he's in the fast lane Okay. and I'm in the slow lane. And y'all are both going the same speed. And I'm going faster than he is. You're going faster. Because he's an idiot. Okay. He's the idiot that Amanda's complaining about. But. So I have to get over why? You're not in the same lane. <laughs> I still have to get over, Matthew. If you're going faster than him, then you're going to pass him anyway. Mom's good. Then I'm going to go faster than somebody that's in front of me, and I'll have to get over anyway. Okay. You know what? I don't understand you at all. <laughs> Here's that's the thing. Fine. You're confusing. Here's the thing. I know. <laughs> Stick around. We'll be back soon to close out the show. Backroom Morning Show. We are here to close out the show for the day with your Bible verse and thought for the day. Bible verse is Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. This is a... What version is this? The KJV here. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Why is it a KJV? It's never been in KJV before. It's the new opinions version. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Thought for the day. Greg Laurie says, or quoted, is being quoted as saying, if more Christians would take the same energy they expend critiquing and judging each other and used it instead for becoming more like Jesus and sharing the gospel, this world would be a much better place. You know, Thorin from The Hobbit said something very similar to that. He said... If more people valued food and what was it? Food and something above gold, this world would be a more a more merrier place, a merrier place, something like that. Read The Hobbit and you'll find it. It's great. Beside the point. Go ahead, Matt. Eh. <laughs> Thanks for joining us here on Back Row Radio on the Back Row Morning Show. We are here every Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 Pacific. Podcasts will be available typically in the evenings uh, on BackRowRadio.com. You can find us on Spotify and Podbean, um, a few other places. That's about it. Cool. Your turn. Oh, it's my turn. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at, at BackRowRadio. Join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to brbchurch.com. That's it for the show. Hillary, what is the final word? Go to Patreon. You welcome. Oh, Back Row. Slash Back Row Radio. <laughs> I guess that's... It's more than one word, but it's fine. <laughs> that's it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back. See ya. See ya.